Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This time around, we're talking about episode 310 of Instant Star, titled Nowhere to Run. This one, it was a fun episode. I didn't know... I didn't remember what to think of this going in, so I, I went in with the clean slate, and I'm happy for that, because I had fun with this episode. It was kind of goofy, and also kind of charming for the first time in a while. So let's just get right into it. So it takes place the exact next day after the birthday party. And so Jude's opening monologue, she's at home, basically saying, yesterday sucked, but I'm super happy to rest and relax and decompress after the other day. Doorbell rings, and we see Portia with two cameramen. And Portia's like, hey, get dressed, we're shooting a reality show about your life today. <laughs> and so that's the whole premise of this episode is that we're having like a day in the life of Jude Harrison type reality show shooting. So we go around to G major and Jude takes them to meet with different people. But obviously in the background of all of this are the events from last episode where Sadie kissed Tommy in an attempt to get closure or to see if she had feelings for him or if she really liked Quest, etc. And Jude walked in on them kissing. So the brief one episode relationship that she had with Tommy is over. Her and Sadie nor Tommy have talked and worked things through. So it's obviously going to happen during this episode amidst cameras running around. So that's what the A-plot is. Also, um, last episode, or the last two episodes, we met Hunter, who is Angie's brother, and he's out to avenge Angie's death because he thinks that Tommy has some integral role in, in her death. I don't know. <laughs> he's big on mystery, and so there's minimal details about him and his involvement with all of this besides being Angie's brother. But he says to Tommy last episode, I'm going to destroy everyone you love because you killed my sister, I guess. And so this episode, um, Portia finally learns that he's here. Or she doesn't, I think she learned in the last episode that he was here, but this is her first time seeing him. And so he tries to like recruit Portia to his uh, like Tommy takedown team. And he says like, he, uh, he played you, he cheated on you. Don't you want to like take him down too? But I'm like, wait, didn't he cheat on Portia with your sister? <laughs> Whose side are you on here? Is your sister the bad guy or what's happening? But anyway, um, Portia doesn't take the bait. Um, Hunter, in his last words of Portia, like, gives her a business card of the hotel he's staying at. Uh, so Portia passes the information on to Tommy. Tommy, in a montage, you see him selling, like, one of his fancy sports cars. And he attempts to, or he sells the money and meets up with Hunter. 
turns out it's a hundred thousand dollars in cash that he gets from Sela's car and he tries to just like buy Hunter off. <laughs> Which the person who said they were gonna destroy you probably wouldn't have problems taking your money and also destroying you. <laughs> like, did you really think that this was gonna solve the problem completely? So that's that's all of the Hunter bits in this episode, is that Tommy tries to buy him off and uh, that doesn't really work out in his favor. But anyway, back to the Jude and the reality show thing. So the episode starts off, Jude is being really immature about the things that I've <laughs> mentioned with the birthday party. And so Sadie keeps like earnestly asking to talk with Jude uh, to like get away from the cameras and actually have a conversation Jude's being standoffish and tries to like shade her in front of the cameras every chance she gets. And then later on in the episode, the camera guys are like, hey, why don't we like watch you in the studio with Tommy? Isn't that fun? And Jude tries to put that off for obvious reasons. But eventually she does go into the studio with Tommy and <laughs> is being super passive aggressive. They have a scene where they're starting the episode, or they're starting uh, a session, and Tommy's like, I set everything up for you. And Jude's like, oh, without knowing what song we're doing? And he's like, oh, well, what song do you want to do? And she says, I don't know, ask Sadie. <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> but anyway, the fight escalates from there, and eventually Jude says, I don't want you working on this album anymore. And then point blank says, you're fired. Uh, in typical fashion, Tommy storms out. And this was, this was all captured on videotape for this reality show. And so that's no good. And that's a new conflict that we have to solve. <laughs> so I have <laughs> something else that's not related to anything plot relevant. But... I feel like the costume designers did Tommy kind of dirty throughout the series, <laughs> or at least like up to this point. So I have the episode on the background as usual, and he's wearing like cargo pants right now. Like what? <laughs> what's happening? And a lot of times they would have him in like the the long sleeve shirt underneath a short sleeve shirt, which was a very like 2000s thing to be fair. <laughs> Which is so ugly in retrospect, but as like a former boy band star, I feel like, I don't know, they could have either made him look cooler or just, I don't know, his style was just so basic. It was like what everyone was wearing in the 2000s. It doesn't seem to fit his like mysterious bad boy vibe, but anyway, complete, <laughs> completely irrelevant. So back to the storyline. So Jude fired Tommy, and now she gets to play producer by herself, which is really cool. They dedicate a few scenes to Jude, like, actually doing the producing. And while I was watching, I couldn't help but think, like, oh, Alex probably had so much fun with this. Like, <laughs> she's written so many songs, like, her and her family, and she probably loved doing this scene and, like, actually, like, being a producer in the show. Oh, and something else is that I mentioned 
before probably that the actor who plays Speed, Tyler Kite, he's a musician. And I found out recently that the actor who plays Kyle, who is the drummer of SME, he's also a musician. I don't know, or his name is Ian, Ian Blackwood. I don't know if the actor who played Wally is or isn't a musician. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool as well, because like, they're obviously all, or at least the two of them are familiar with like, taking that kind of direction in a studio. So it's just a little like, I don't know, like autobiographical experience in the episode. So I thought that was really cool. And also I've been complaining that Instant Star didn't use the advantage of the setting in the series enough. And this episode was like, you want recording studio? Here's the recording studio. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. I really love that. So the last major scene of the A-plot is uh, after Jude gets done recording, she's like in the alleyway, just, I don't know, thinking or something. And you see Tommy pull up in a taxi <laughs> because he just sold his car, which maybe was his only car. Um, so you see him pull up in this taxi. And as soon as Jude sees him, she tries to turn away and just avoid the situation. So they're in the alleyway. They have what was actually like a very refreshing like heartfelt talk. So Jude says, I mean, this is Jude at her most mature ever, probably. <laughs> she says to him, why didn't you even like try to explain to me in the day that's passed since the party, like explain what happened, explain that Sadie kissed you and not the other way around. Like, why would you just <laughs> leave me in the dark and let me just imagine things instead of talking to me? Like, and he says vaguely, like, well, I was actually trying to protect you, which he is because of the last episode and Hunter saying that he was going to destroy everyone Tommy loves. So he had to distance himself and act like he didn't care about you to protect her truly. But <laughs> From Jude's perspective, it's just like another instance of him being just vague and mysterious. So she says, why didn't you try to explain? He says, I was protecting you, blah, blah, blah. And Jude, again, maturely is like, you know what? I just, <laughs> I really can't do this. This is the umpteenth time you've hurt me. I don't want to go through this again, so I'm out. And then conveniently, the... Uh, the camera people <laughs> like bust into the alleyway like oh we found you and they're both uh jude and tommy are both annoyed by this and then jude stops and goes you know what despite you witnessing me firing him <laughs> like 30 minutes ago or tom quincy is like the best thing to happen to my music when we met i was a dumb kid p.s you're still kind of a kid even though you just turned 18 yesterday <laughs> I was a dumb kid who was like ignorant about my music and he helped me become a better musician, a better writer. Um, I'll never forget how Tommy helped me, etc. Something to that effect. It was really sweet and kind. It was very, very much a 180 from her saying you're fired <laughs> uh, 20 minutes beforehand, but it was a very sweet scene. It was a good and compassment is that a word of 
the good, solid parts of their relationship that aren't romantic. Yeah, it's true that she was a dumb kid when they met and she was like very like, my music's good. I don't need a boy band douche to tell me (laughs) what to write. Like, you know, he did help bring that out in her, which is a good part of their relationship. That's not inherently creepy. (laughs) So that was sweet. That was like one of the charming parts of this episode for me. But after Jude has that little monologue, the camera guys are like, oh, okay, good. Well, uh, we got what we needed, so bye. And at this time, Jude says to Tommy, like, I'll see you around. Like a very final, <laughs> like what girls say, like, take care. Like one of those, just like, we're done here. You be easy. <laughs> Which again, very mature, especially for someone who has, you know, hurt you a lot. Not that you should really be in a relationship in the first place, but it was very mature on her part. I like that a lot about this episode. But there was one very last piece that I missed that is a Hunter part. So the very last scene of the episode, and I'll get to the B-plot after this, but the very last scene of the episode is Hunter, and he's in a motel. He's like counting his briefcase of money that he got from Tommy. And you see him watching the reality show. I think that's what it is. Because it's, he's watching this footage of, on a TV in the hotel room. He's watching this footage and it looks like, or no, I'm trying to think. Actually, this may, maybe this confused me. Because the camera people that were following Jude around all day, they popped out after Jude was talking to Tommy about, like, the birthday thing, why didn't you explain, etc. And the footage that Hunter is watching at the end of the episode is the part where she says to Tommy, why would you do this after you swore you wouldn't hurt me anymore? So maybe just the camera people were watching the whole time, and then they popped out? Tommy thinks that because he paid Hunter off that he's, like, out of the picture. And in the last episode... Once they heard some juicy, I don't know, that part maybe confused me. But anyway, the point is that Hunter is watching this footage in his hotel room. Hunter saw Jude with Jamie, so there was like doubt in his mind, like, oh, maybe Tommy is telling the truth and he doesn't really have any involvement with Jude because Hunter sees her with Jamie. But now that Hunter is like watching this footage, he's, okay, I was on the right track. Jude is the one that Tommy cares about. So now I have to focus my efforts on her. And it was cool with this last scene because Instant Star does a lot of like telling through exposition and not showing you things to like forward the plot. But the last scene, like there's no, there's no monologue from Hunter in his hotel room. He's just watching this, but you put the pieces together like, oh, he sees this and now he's back onto Jude's trail again because of this. And that was smart. I like that. I need, (laughs) I needed more like, oh, oh, putting the pieces together instead of just saying like, Hunter or Tommy had a girlfriend who was killed? Tommy's girlfriend is Angie? (laughs) Like just straight up exposition. I like being shown things and not just told them. And also, (laughs) unrelated, I got to the point in the episode, uh, it's right before the last scene with Hunter in the motel, but Tommy's here delivering the money to Hunter. And I had this thought briefly during the last episodes. I just didn't 
say it out loud, I don't think. But <laughs> the scenes with the hunter and Tommy, they do a lot of close talking. And in this scene, he says something. I can't really hear what it is. But he says, like, take the money and leave. If I see you, I'm going to break your face or something. <laughs> Tommy says that to Hunter. And he, like, grabs his face and, like, pushes it away when he says that. And I can't help but think that someone out there at some point had to have made some fan fiction about <laughs> in an alternate universe Tommy didn't date Angie but he dated Hunter instead <laughs> which I mean they're two very good looking men Tommy and Hunter's actors so I see it <laughs> there is like I don't know there's just a lot of tension when they're on screen <laughs> which is good for the episode but also good for fan fiction writing so anyway, uh, that was everything in the A plot. So the B plot, which is also charming. I liked it a lot. It's a Speed B plot, which we don't get a ton of. So Speed is in the process of recording a solo demo. He kind of hints that it was maybe it was Quest's idea and he's just going along with it. But he does seem genuinely interested in recording the demo. But the conflict of this B-plot is that he doesn't, up front, he doesn't tell Kyle and Wally about it, the other members of SME. And so he like sneaks around behind their back. He had plans with them. He says that like every Tuesday or something, they go and just like eat barbecue. <laughs> and so he cancels on their plans. Karma finds out that he's recording a demo and she loves it, obviously. And eventually the resolution is that Speed tells them, like, I'm recording a demo and they're both like, okay, cool, that's fine. And he's like, oh, you don't care? Kyle is like, I want to be a, what does he say? I want to be a geologist. And Wally's just like, I'm just in it for girls. <laughs> so it was a very sweet moment because then they could be a little musician power couple that would give her some clout. <laughs> He records a demo, it's a hit, and everybody lives happily ever after. So it was cute. Like I said, Tyler Kite carries the show. <laughs> Even in small B-plots, he's such, he's just such a necessary character to balance things out. So in typical fashion, and with that, that is everything for the plot synopsis. Here come the song and episode ratings. So this episode's song is called Unraveling. You get more of it because, like I said, there's the scene where Jude is like, doing the producing in real time, where she's like stopping people and be like, oh, I don't, I don't like that, let's go again. They're just saying like, can you rough up the guitars, things like that. Uh, so you get quite a bit of the song, whereas sometimes you don't really like get too much of the song itself. As far as quality though, <laughs> I said this, I guess it was probably the last episode, that the more up-tempo songs in this season specifically they all they all start to sound kind of samey to me uh like this one sounds similar to um the song in episode three worth waiting for i think it's the chord progression they all just had like the progression along with the same tempo it's just they kind of blend but yeah i didn't i don't love the song it's fine but basic for reasons i've just mentioned I would, uh, <laughs> I always hate to be too harsh, but 
I'd probably go, I'll go four out of 10 for the song. And the episode, like I've said throughout, I do, I did really enjoy this episode. There wasn't a lot of like action going on, but it had kind of like the, the standard charm that drew me into Instant Star in the first two seasons that has been largely missing from this season. So a slower paced episode. I mean, it was almost kind of a bottle episode in the the music studio, but it was like slower paced. It was more development of characters. So for me, I enjoyed it. I'd watch this episode again. I would go, uh, how much did I like the episode? I'd go seven out of 10. So with the song rating of four out of 10 and the episode rating of seven out of 10, episode 310 of Instant Star, Nowhere to Run, gets an average of five and a half. Is that right? 11 over two? Yes. <laughs> gets an average of five and a half. So that will do it for me for this episode. Next time, per usual, we'll be back watching more Instant Star, where we will dive into episode 311. I'll see you then. Bye. Bye.